Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Great People Show. I am your host, J.J. White, and back in The Great People Studio is our co-host. Good morning. James Muncie, welcome back. Happy Valentine's Brother. Day. Brother. How are you doing? It's a day late, man. I know. You didn't call me or email me or I'm text sorry. me that. Fe- you just waited for the next day. I, is I, this I, how you get out of buying me candy? Well, now I feel bad. In a card and anything else I deserved. Did you do anything romantic for your show? for your lovely wife? Wow, on you're Valentine's gone day? a week and you're just like pent up energy, man. I am. Look at you. I am. We missed you last week. I'm a coiled spring. Were you <laughs> ding, 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 ding. were you jealous that you weren't here last week? I was. Were you? I was envious. Were you jealous or envious? I was I was pretty envious. I was sitting in a I was sitting in a in a meeting. While you guys were here having fun. That is stimulating. 400 miles away from here. That is is stimulating. Yeah. Uh, so. I am not jealous of that. I am not envious of that. You can take that and go somewhere else with it. <laughs> so, folks, welcome to, uh, to The Great People Show. Whether you're listening to us on live radio at 97.7 FM in Richmond, Facebook Live at facebook.com slash show, or via our podcast, thank you for being here and allowing us to be a part of your journey to the truest version of you. And as James just mentioned, we're a few hours removed from Valentine's Day. And uh, um, at, of course, as the show broadcast, depending on when you're listening to us, and um, Valentine's Day can create a lot of problems. It can. There's a lot of problems around Valentine's yeah. Day. Sometimes, and I would hope most of the time, it's a seamless holiday for two people that are in love with each other. But it doesn't, it often doesn't work out that There's way. problems there. There's problems if you don't have a Valentine. Mm-hmm. There's a bigger problem in people's head if they feel like they should have a Valentine. That's right. And I really have appreciation for people that are just like, whatever. And then there's... Don't need it. And then the next level is when you have a Valentine, but you don't appropriately mark the holiday yep. with <laughs> said Valentine. How do, you, how do you miss it? I'm sorry, man. It's like a, anniversaries, I get it. You know, I can go under the radar. Valentine's Day... No, so no way. I mean, no way. It, this is getting way off topic from our show, but I mean, I will tell you that that for my wife and I, we actually the commercialization of Valentine's Day. Like, we don't want to celebrate our love on a day because I the world ta- tells us that we are supposed to. We like to do mm-hmm. it in more spontaneous ways when, like, it's actually us being thoughtful and not Hallmark being thoughtful. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's us, but we've been together a long time. I think if you know. I'm thinking, about, his own. I'm thinking about trying to get proof on that. I'm not sure you're being totally honest. She's giving a thumbs up. James's wife is in the studio. She is. She's here. She's today. giving a thumbs up. It's amazing what, what, what you'll say when your wife is actually here listening. I'm pretending like she's not here. Uh, let's, let's move whatever. on. Um, well, another, another way Valentine's Day can create problems with us is it is so amplified on social media, everywhere you look that we tend to look at other people's lives during that holiday and often even subconsciously say to yourself, gosh, I wish I had that. Mm -hmm. I wish I had someone to buy me candy. I wish I had someone to buy me flowers. I wish I had someone to snuggle me. And then all of a sudden we get some envy. Or do we get jealous? That's the big question. Because I used the word jealous earlier. We actually used both words earlier. Mm -hmm. And ironically, today's show is about envy. So is there a difference between envy and jealousy? I looked this up. I was confused. Okay. I, 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 uh, I found that there's this 
may call it grammar. There's a definition problem here that people screw it up all the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it. I probably many times have said that um, we have jealous tendencies when we're really envious and, and vice versa. So jealousy is when you're afraid someone is going to take something of yours. Okay. So if you're jealous of your wife because she's talking to a coworker too much, you're actually afraid, or if you're jealous ah. in that situation, you're afraid your co- her coworker is going to take her from you. Okay. If you're envious, you actually are that coworker. Well, maybe. Right. Let's not get too like descriptive <laughs> here, but being envious is wanting something that someone else has. I see. Jealousy is being afraid that somebody's going to take something away from you. So we, uh, when I looked that up, I was like, oh my gosh, we don't even use the words right. Right. No, because that's not, no. not at all. No, I mean, most people are, and when they, I think we get envy right in context of using the word, but I don't think we get jealousy right. I think when we feel like we're jealous, uh, you know, I'm so, je- I'm so jealous of your house. No, actually you're envious of the house. Jealous is, is you're afraid someone's going to take your house away from you. Right. But nobody ever thinks about, it. I mean, you think like I can remember being jealous when, you know, I would date somebody and they would talk and, and feeling jealousy. And that certainly is not envy, but then. No, they're afraid that right. maybe in that situation, you're afraid somebody's going to take them away from you. Right. But I, yeah. yeah, but I would also say, oh gosh, I'm jealous that he has such a nice car or whatever. Yeah, it's envy. That's totally it's, wrong. It's totally envy. And, and we're going to talk about envy today. And if you think, so uh, of course we went to social media Monday and the question was, why are, why are you, or why are we envious of our friends? Mm-hmm. And several people commented on it. I'm not, I'm not envious. And I didn't call them out on front of social media because I want to keep people to respond to this. And I'm afraid if I call out people too much, they're going to just stop participating. Probably smart. But I will tell you, if you think you don't envy others, just stop. You're lying to yourself. Envy is part of our nature. And James and I are probably going to debate this. It's, there is an upside to that. I don't know how much of an upside there is to that. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. I personally, I've lived too much of my life comparing myself to others. I've used it as a measuring stick to success. And no matter where you are in life, there will always be people you know that have more of something than you do. That's just the way it is. More house, more money, more car, more family, more time, more happiness, more muscles, more fun, whatever. But there is an upside. There is an upside. If you're the one that has it all and has it all together, I'm using air quotes on that one, compared to everyone in your life, then maybe you aren't surrounding yourself with enough successful people. I think some people position themselves to have more and be more than anyone else in their life because that's a sense of confidence and and comfort. I never want to be that way. And I don't want to be at the bottom of the totem pole always looking up or the bottom of the ladder always looking up. But I want to know that there's opportunities for me to get better. And if it makes sense in my life to have more of something. Mm. But even if you were to have it all, can you handle it? it? It actually doesn't take that much envy to be in trouble in your life. This is one of the original seven deadly sins. And in the movie Envy, Joseph Epstein said, of the seven, only envy is no fun at all. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I haven't seen that movie. There's a lot of fun in the other six. Yeah. But there's really no fun in envy. No, that, There's really none uh, at all. There's not. There's not, I, I do think it, and I think we're going to debate this after the break a little bit, but I do think there are some positives to envy. 
stick around. And I, I think, think so. we're going to we're going to duke it out here in I a minute. I think so. I think there's some positives. The question is, how detrimental is it to your soul? Mm-hmm. I use that word a lot in the last couple shows. I'm, I'm into the soul thing now. Mm-hmm. Like how deep how deep does this does this stuff really run? Um, and the reason I positioned the question on Facebook the way I did is why are we envious of our friends? Is that is typically the deepest relationship in our life where envy becomes the strongest. Yeah. Um, it, it, you may envy someone that you notice walking that, but you don't know them. That envy is fleeting, right? We're talking about a strong sense of desire of what people have. And the closer you become to someone, the stronger that becomes because it starts to unfold. You realize, oh, wait, there's maybe no negative downside to this. Right. Now I'm really envious. So when we come back to break, we're going to debate this and we're curious from everybody. Is Can envy be a good thing? We'll find out. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show. We'll be right back. Before the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People was the Dale Carnegie course. Now, after 104 years, over 8 million people experience Dale Carnegie courses. People like Warren Buffett and Ronald Reagan. The Dale Carnegie Experience uses proven techniques to permanently unlock the potential of top talent, making individuals into inspiring leaders and groups into high-performing teams, while reducing the financial and emotional costs of employee turnover. For more information, visit DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. That's DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. Now back to the Great People Show. At break, James and I were talking how our moms watch and listen to the show. Yeah. So, and and James' wife's in the studio. So, and my wife watches yeah. every I once know, in a I while. I know Sam watches. So that's guaranteed four. That's, in the, that's in, right. in, in, in the bank, man. That's right. In the bank. Talking about envy, seven triggers of envy. And I want you to find some good things about this, James. I really want you to dig deep. All right. Okay, seven triggers of envy. Money. Mm-hmm. Relationship status, fertility and children, physical attractiveness, weight, professional success, especially in the same career, and social media. Notice all these are triggers, and you can, you, you, all of them, but the last one is wanting something that someone else has. And the reason social media is that last trigger right. is that's typically in today's world where the envy just explodes Mm -hmm. because we know social media just shows the best parts of someone's life and their situation. Even though I've noticed a lot of people recently, for some reason, putting all the bad parts of their life out there. Well, that's exactly exactly right. And we talk a lot on the show about social media and some of the false lives that Facebook and Instagram and, and these various platforms can can show fake now. I don't reason the word fall. I think everything's fake. Okay. It's fake lives, fake news. I think even to the people that post this stuff, it's not fake. It's that we, most people, and we all know people who are the opposite of this, but most people try to share the most positive moments of their lives. And so I don't think that people are purposely trying to get away with anything, but we generally see the most positive aspects of a person's life on Facebook. So your perception of that person can be very different from what it Mm -hmm. actually is, and Mm -hmm. that can trigger envy. Totally. And it happens all the time. And then, of course, we know the people that only post on Facebook when things are going horribly wrong, but that's another conversation. Well, and and it's the sheer volume of it, too. Right. We we said just a few minutes ago that our closest friends are who we tend to be most envious of. And the reason I think it's not family members is we do see the dark side of those lives. I mean, we see the dark side of their personality. I don't Mm -hmm. say dark side. I mean, hopefully you're not married to someone with a dark side, like Darth Vader. But certainly we all have our weaknesses. Why are you moving your eyes around? Uh, yeah, no, uh, 
Right. Did you see this, Catherine? <laughs> no, but I think you can you can get some sibling rivalry sometimes between between brothers, and you can get some some envy in there. I almost said jealousy. Why? Why'd you almost say jealousy? Well, because that's just what we say. But but <laughs> but uh, but no, we we can be we can be envious of family members. Mm-hmm. Well, of of all these triggers, take take one of them that you feel there's a, there's a good upside to it. There's a positive upside to it. So I'm going to give you a blanket upside. Oh man! To all of this, except for social media, he's dodging my question, and maybe even social media. So, I think that to some people, at some times, envy can be a motivator. So, if I see somebody and they have a level of, let's use money, of money that I would like to attain, okay, does that motivate me to work harder in my career to do things that might improve myself? Because hey, JJ has. All of this, I am envious of of these this aspects of of JJ's life or whoever, and it motivates me to go out and work really hard to try to attain what you have. Yeah, I get it, I get it. So that would be that would be a positive. That would be well, a you're positive using the result. word motivator, mm-hmm. and I think the um, the key behind envy is the fact that it is hurtful. it's considered a deadly sin, right? It's hurtful to us. It's hurtful to the people we're in relationship with. It's hurtful to God with us. It's hurtful to everything around us. So it's not, I don't think it's a very black and white issue. I think it's very, very, um, it's a slippery slope, I guess, to use that analogy, where if I see, and I see this a lot in our training. In fact, that's one of the the drivers in the training that I do is when you get enough people around that are extremely different and you start to realize, wow, these folks, like I'm, I'm, I have more in common than I think I have. Mm-hmm. And then you start to see some of their success. You, you start to say to yourself, if they can do it, I can do it. So I think that's where an, an, a motivator is when you're comparing yourself. And I think the initial comparison is potentially kind of bad because you're almost judging them. You're saying, Oh, I'm more talented than they are. I ha- I have more abilities than they do, but they accomplish more than I did. This actually also happened to me at a triathlon. I didn't do the triathlon. I did the biathlon, which is no swimming because um, I don't swim. I just prevent myself from drowning when mm-hmm. I'm in the water. And so you get two runs with with a bicycle in between. And the guy that won, or he came in second place that beat my buddy who was third, was like twice his weight, at least ten or fifteen years his age. And that was demotivating to him. But as my buddy says, there's an element to this that I don't know what his history is. This guy could have been like a competitive triathlete 20 years ago. And just because he's gained some weight and gotten older doesn't mean he's gotten worse. Mm -hmm. But what it does is it drives him to be better. And you may have seen this Facebook meme. It's a rather large, older, heavyset guy in in a running race wearing a shirt and uh, it said something like, um, I'm older than you. I'm fatter than you. I'm slower than you. I've trained less than you. Oh, by the way, I'm in front of you. And, <laughs> you know, and clearly he That's wore good. that to, to, to joke, but it was also to motivate the people behind him. Right. So, so, I mean, so can envy not, though, be a catalyst to, to create some motivation in our lives? Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. How would, far are you going to take so. it? That's well, the question. You know, I think that I think that when you're starting to feel envious, yeah. that that because I agree with you, envy is a it is a, in itself a negative emotion. It's an emotion. Mm-hmm. How can how can you turn that negative and twist it into a positive? And again, to me, the answer to that is to 
to be motivated by it, to use that and, and turn it into some motivational energy. And you have to be so aware of yourself that you're realizing, well, I'm, I'm being way too envious of, let, let's say it's your brother-in-law, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's say it's, it's the guy that married your sister. And do you have sisters? No. Okay, then we're not even talking real life here. So uh, I'm just talking to our audience. Yep. So it's the guy that married your sister and he's making twice as much money as you are. And you spend 15 years of your life trying just to make more money to compete with a family member and you end up making some really stupid decisions Mm. simply because you're more worried about competing with a family member and realizing I... I deserve more than he does, or I deserve as much as he does. It's it's all this baggage that we surround the envy with that gets us in in big trouble. Yeah, and you just used the word deserve, and mm-hmm. and the moment that that we start in our own mind trying to justify what we deserve or don't deserve, you're you're probably walking down a bad path. And and those feelings are a result of being unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. Where does that unfulfill come from? Right, if you if you have convinced yourself you deserve more, but you're always feeling that way, no matter what you get, you deserve more. It's like you're constantly carrying around this unfulfilled feeling, and it's always going to drive you to be envious. Always. Yeah. No, and I and I agree. And and if and if your angle is that, if your angle on that is what you deserve, I mean, it's it's all coming from the wrong place. Yeah. It's coming from a bad place, and and you're not going to get to where you want to go. And I don't, I don't, if you say that to yourself or if you think that to yourself, I'm not even convinced or I, maybe I am convinced. I am convinced you actually don't know what you deserve. Mm-hmm. What do any of us deserve? Really? I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you deserve in I, life? I deserve a suburban. No, you don't. I don't know. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I earned it. I mean, those are your, <laughs> those are supposed to be your inalienable rights. I deserve a suburban. I deserve a bigger house. I deserve no. You know what I'm getting to. Exactly. It's like we, we. It sounds ridiculous. We. Um. Well, and let's turn it. Let's turn it back onto the social media thing and envying other people. Is, is well, is this jealousy? Is whenever you look at someone and you say to them, they don't deserve that. Yeah. How did they get that? They don't deserve a happy family. They've done a lot of bad things in their life. Mm. So in a way, you are jealous because they have something you don't have. Yeah. And or I. You, I don't think that way. Wait, I have friends that do. That's not jealousy, do. though. That's envy. It's envy. Okay. See, I'm already confused. I keep, mean, t- keep talking. Sorry. No. Well, I mean, like you said, envy is a natural emotion that all of us feel. I think for me, I don't. I don't ever. I don't ever really look at something and, and say I, I deserve that. And I look at somebody who has, let's say, a lot more money than me, uh, or is far more physical attractive than me, or, or whatever other yeah. things on our list, and I, I say good for them. And and I do. I don't know that I feel. Mo- I'm but you're self-motivated, and, and you're Absolutely. also fulfilled. I am. I, I think. I think the more unfulfilled we we are in our own life, in our own head, the harder it is to, to even do that because mm-hmm. we're so self-centered. That just starts to take down this spiral of self-centeredness. Um, something that I I picked up on Psychology Today, which I've said on the show before, it's one of my favorite websites when it comes to understanding other people. You can fall in love with what you want for yourself that another person has, status, money, power, family ties, intelligence, rather than who that person really happens to be. So we're talking about relationships now. We're talking about the people that you bring into your life. You can imagine that you will get what you need by being attached to someone who has it. I mean, that's a powerful statement that you're actually going to date someone or be friends with someone or even marry someone, not 
because of who they are, but because they have the things that you have envied in other people, perhaps your whole life. But the fate of an initial idealization is usually later disappointment, i.e. divorce. By the time you come to your senses, you may experience some animosity towards them that you hid from yourself. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. So we've got, we've, we've, this, is, this, is, this is why it's a seven deadly sin is because it can drive our behaviors and we don't even know it. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think about, and of course it happens all the time that, I mean, we hear about people marrying for money. I mean, you would, the people, will make, the people will make decisions in their lives, like you said, in order to attain the things that they are envious of. Your entire motivate, you're getting, there's motivation again. Mm-hmm. Your entire motivation in life is coming from a very bad place. And, and I mean, it's, I couldn't say it better. I mean, it's going to lead you down a very bad path. And, and we're about halfway through the show. So the question that I ask you to think as you listen to the show is, is there any part, is there anywhere in my life where I may have some, some envy that just doesn't belong there? Anywhere. Is there anything that, we, that you may be craving that you just shouldn't be? Mm-hmm. Simply because you see other people have it, you, you desire it. Um, that's, I think that's a fair question to ask yourself. And, and I believe we cover most of it up because of all the emotions out there, it's the one emotion that we probably rarely admit that we possess. I would agree. I read that somewhere. So we're going to keep talking about this whole envy issue. When we come back, we're going to bring some hope. We're going to bring some promise that you don't need to have what everyone else has. I'm ready. Stick around. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Now back to The Great People Show. I'm going to have to say it again because I thought it was so good. Of the seven deadly sins, envy is the only one that is no fun at all. That's true. The others are a blast. Yeah, they can be. Um, I think that's why they're there to get us in trouble. So I really like this one where it said your envy does not always belong to you. Your own ven- your own envy of others can originate from what your parents envied or admired. Yeah. For example, if your parents struggled financially and wished for more money, you might envy those that have it. Mm-hmm. Or if a parent idealized a college education that was impossible to obtain, you might admire intellectual pursuits. Yep. So, I mean, that that's comes back to us. Yeah. And it's values that we get, but it is a motivator. Well, what if that's not meant for you? What if all that money is not meant for... There's, okay, so let's take the money from the parents thing. I see that often, mm-hmm. where you grow up in a household where there's not a lot of money in the household. Maybe there's some bankruptcy going on. Maybe there's job loss. Maybe there's just straight poverty. So you, you focus your life on saying what? I am never, ever going to live like that. I'm yeah. not going to be my parents in that perspective. Yeah. I run into a lot of people like that. Well, along that path came the lack of teaching, coaching, mentoring, parenting on how to live a life with money. Mm-hmm. So you may work your tail off or whatever it takes to get that money. You may not be designed to have that money because you wouldn't know what to do with it. Most people that win the lottery go bankrupt because they're not trained to live a life with that kind of money. That's so true. I think the, it's, it's, it's envy when it's placed in a position where it's not part of your journey. It's not part of your path. It's... it's it's okay to want to not worry about finances, but when people make it a centerpiece of their life to no matter what I'm going to do, I'm going to make, I'm going to make enough money. 
you, you've probably had these employees, James, where no matter what, they just want more raises. Mm-hmm. And if it's driven because I want to live a life of more, or not live a life of more, but I want to live a life of making sure I don't lack things like my parents did, mm-hmm. it's misplaced. It's just in the, their heart's in the wrong place. Yeah, I mean, I think that there can be extremes like that. I think, though, that to a lot of people, because frankly, and and I'm married to a person like this, so I'm married to someone who grew up in in a very poor family and with a very Hmm. poor childhood. And I think when I talk with my wife, what she wanted was stability in her life. She wanted, she wanted stability. She doesn't, she doesn't envy people who were multimillionaires and, and, and want that. She she just wanted stability. Because we, because if you've never even been close to a millionaire or, you know, close to being a millionaire, you have no idea what comes along with being a millionaire. Exactly. But I think that, I think that rather than growing up envious, and, and this is just from, from, no, I, I grew up with a fairy tale childhood as we've spoken. I never wanted for anything, Okay, but, but knowing, knowing my wife for the last 20 years and, and, and hearing all the, all the stories from her and from her family that we're very open about this stuff. It, it wasn't so much being envious of, of other people, but it was wanting to not have the conditions that that you grew up in. I mm-hmm. want better than this. I think the situation can drive us to being envious of other people, mm-hmm. right? So you grew up without or struggling or whatever that deep emotion is. And then you start to see other people that are in some cases younger than you or in your own minds, they have less education than you, making more money than you. So you got a perfect storm of, I grew up without it, so I don't want to live like that. I'm surrounded by people that have more than I do. I think sometimes that 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 just gets into your heart in the wrong place. Yeah. It just, you just, you're not able to filter it properly. No, I think, I think that's accurate. And, and I think that sometimes experience in life has to, has sometimes, some of these things you can only learn through screwing it up. Yep. I mean, somebody who, going back to the example before the yep. break, somebody who marries for money. Sometimes you, you know, you've got to do that. You've got to realize, oh my gosh, this, this isn't at all what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Get divorced and then, and then move on. I thought I knew what I wanted and, and some of it was probably driven by envy that I wanted to, to own a huge company and, and I wanted to have all these employees and, yeah. and I just had this vision and I accomplished that vision and I was working 110 hours a week and I was missing out on life. Yeah, that's the, that's the negative. Yeah. yeah. And and I adjusted. I said, you know what? It's not worth all the money in the world if you don't have time to enjoy your your being. And so it's great now, you know, at at basically 40 years old to be able to look back and and know, you know, here for the rest of my life, I'm like motivated that. by better things. Yep. And you alluded it to it early in the show. But we've got to ask ourselves, what is motivating us? Are we being motiva- motivated from a good place? Or a bad place. Well, I think uh, um, you have to define you. You have to define who you are and who you want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people don't do these kind of things. Most people look at like I nowhere I have one financial goal in my life simply because I have to in my business. It's the only reason that goal exists. I I physically can't get away from that goal. I do not have financial goals. All of my other goals, I just know in my heart will will result in being financially secure, having money, what, whatever that, that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm just absolutely opposed to having a financial, when I say a financial goal, I mean having money. I think another financial goal that people have to have is eliminating bad debt. Yes. I mean, that's a financial goal that, because that is a, um, that's a strangle. 
Mm-hmm. That, that sucks oxygen out of your, out of your blood. And, and that interferes with who you are supposed to be. And in a significant way in which you define yourself has to do with your ideals, ambitions, and what your values are and what you value. Your, um, your ideal self is what you aspire to be, the best you think you could or should be. And often this ideal comes from social comparisons. To, to a, a running theme in this show is I shortchange myself and I see other people shortchange themselves until they see what's possible in other people. Mm-hmm. And then they, and there is a comparison going on there. And you think, wow, okay, maybe I could be better at this. Because I don't think, I think if there's no comparison and if there's nothing to envy, we said this at the top of the show, if you have nothing to envy, if you're not surrounded by anybody that you envy nothing from, you're stuck now. Yeah. Because I, I, I doubt most of us have the uh, original creativity. We're not Elon Musk, right? We're like, you know, I think at the age of like 25, I'm going to go to Russia and try to buy some extra rockets, <laughs> get turned down because it's too much money, and then say, screw it, let's build our own rockets. Mm-hmm. And then shoot things up. He's, there's a Tesla on its way to Mars right now, okay? Uh, he's not really thinking like the rest of the human population. Or the, no. m- most of us aren't wired that way. We we are setting our aspirations, goals, dreams, and desires really primarily on what other people do around us. Think about it. I yeah. mean, am I wrong in that? No, I, you're absolutely right. And But there are... I, assure you there are people out there who are very envious of Elon Musk. I'm impressed as heck by the guy. Um, but I'm not, I'm not envious of him. Yeah. And, and can I add one quick thing to this? The reason I'm not envious is I realize I am not made up like that man is. Mm-hmm. I don't have the type of behaviors he has. I'm not motivated by what he's motivated by. I don't have the same problem solving skills that he has. I am not even remotely close to being like him. So why would I have envy over what he has or who he is? I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is they think they can have anything. I interviewed a guy one time. It was a sales job, okay? And um, he, I don't remember how we got into it, but he said, there's absolutely nothing that separates me from from Steve Jobs. I can do anything that Steve Jobs did. I was like, you know what, man? Knock yourself out. I will enjoy looking at you from a distance. I didn't say this, but you're not working here. Yeah. (laughs) Because you can't be what everyone else is. You can't have what everyone else has. That's not the goal. And you can't even convince yourself because we are all so wired differently. We have our own path. We have our own journey. We have the, the gifts that we have. And we get derailed and really screwed up by looking at other people and saying, I can do what they do. I can have what they have. Put it out of your mind. It, it maybe right, maybe, but it's very doubtful because you're not them. You're not them, and and do you really do you really know what they have? You know, I love the commercial. Who's it for? Where the uh, it shows the guy you know riding on the riding lawnmower in front of his you know McMansion, and you know, and, and everything in his life looks perfect. And, and, he, and he looks at the camera and he says, "I'm in debt up to my eyeballs." I mean, you don't, you never That's know. A great commercial. You never know what's behind the curtain. And um, uh, we're getting right ahead to break. I'm thinking of another Chick-fil-A commercial. We'll talk about that when we come back. Okay. Sounds good. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show. We'll be right back. 
Before the book How to Win Friends and Influence People was the Dale Carnegie Course. Now, after 104 years, over 8 million people experience Dale Carnegie courses. People like Warren Buffett and Ronald Reagan. The Dale Carnegie Experience uses proven techniques to permanently unlock the potential of top talent, making individuals into inspiring leaders and groups into high-performing teams while reducing the financial and emotional costs of employee turnover. For more information, visit DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. That's DaleCarnegieRichmond.com. Now back to The Great People Show. The Chick-fil-A commercial that I was mentioning just a few seconds ago was uh, there's nobody speaking in the commercial, I don't believe. It's just literally a camera kind of painting around, looking at people eat either by themselves or with a family, and above their head are the words of what they're really struggling with. Mm, I haven't seen that one. Um, I think there's like an older gentleman sitting there eating a sandwich. He, he just kind of looks a little unhappy, and it says something like, Wife just died two months ago, Mm -hmm. right? And the whole premise of the commercial is we have no idea what people are going through. We have no idea all these chain reactions that led up to who they are and where they are. You may look at someone and be like, wow, how did they end up so wealthy? Come to find out they just had a rich grandfather that died and gave them all their money. Yep, They didn't do one thing to really earn it other than being born, but you're envious of the amount of money they have. So... I was asking Catherine, James's wife at break, what should we talk about from this point out? And she mm. said, do you have any advice? I said, no, there's way too much liability with advice. <laughs> because if someone takes it and screws up their life, it's all because of the great people show. Just kidding. We are going to give you some advice. So how do you deal with this envy thing? And this is really with your own. The first, the first thing is to be honest with yourself. If you really believe, oh, you know, I'm not really that envious. I, it's, a, it's a character trait within all of us somewhere, just bigger than others, is to be honest. And in, in envy comes when three conditions are met. So these are the three conditions whenever there's envy around. You have to have others to envy. You have to have desire, desiring something they have. And you're being pained by an associated emotion. And one of the biggest challenges we have is connecting those three conditions together. Um and I mentioned this earlier, it's one of the least confessed emotions that we have. So you have to ask yourself, if you're being driven towards something, a goal, more money, more time, more ever, is this truly something for you and good for you? Or is this being driven by something or by someone in your life that you look upon as, I want to be like them. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking like the aspirational, like I want to, you know, I want to, I want to, I just want to be like them. And, and uh, I, I was with a client a few weeks ago. It was very funny. I constantly told this group because they were trying to just m- mirror things that I was giving them. I'm like, no, stop being a second-rate JJ and be a first-rate you. And it's neat to watch people challenge themselves to be better. It's, it's amazing to watch them to challenge themselves to be the best version of themselves. Yeah. Rather than trying to just see it in someone else and be like, I mean, how many times have you listened to someone? Both of you and I, both you and I have had a lot of stage time in our careers. Mm-hmm. And I really early on and for a while, I would watch someone be like, wow, I want to say those words. I want to have those mannerisms and whatnot. I literally wanted to be that person. And it was one of the worst things I could do. Mm-hmm. I became very honest with myself in saying, I need to be and want to be comfortable with who I am. Because I think I could be as good, if not better than them, if I'm just me. Yeah, because you're going to be different. You're yeah. going to be different. And, and I, love that, I love that expression. You know, don't, don't try to be a second-rate someone else. Try to be a first-rate you. Mm-hmm. 
But a lot of people think it's easier. I mean, not only do they want to attain the success of the of the person who they envy, but they think it's easier. That's yeah. like a shortcut. I can copy you and I can get there it's, faster. Ooh, that's a good way than to try and do it on my own. Shortcut, short circuit. Yeah. But because it's not. you're not ready for it. It's like the winning the lottery is a shortcut, short circuit. Mm-hmm. What are you accomplishing? When people get there, they they realize I've accomplished nothing. I scratched the ticket, I picked the numbers. So the other step in this process is to immediately tell yourself, I don't know the darkness around it. If you're looking at someone's family on Facebook, I don't know the darkness around it. We, yeah. we were having a conversation earlier about being around people that seem like they have the perfect marriage and go, wow, they just are really happy. And then seeing them at some point and go, yeah, we filed for divorce. Yeah. You really don't know the darkness around it. You never know. You know, my, my mother used to say, I remember one of her, her expressions, she said, if, 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 you know, if you knew the hand that someone else was holding, most anybody was holding, chances are you wouldn't trade your cards Ooh. with theirs. But I bet I could make a lot of money. <laughs> Back to the point. Yeah, exactly. What are you really, what are you willing to cheat at just to get something that someone else has? I guarantee nobody listening to the show right now is saying that's them. But we do take shortcuts. We do cheat. So that's another step in this process is if you truly feel like, okay, so you've been, you've been honest with yourself. You, you've realized that there are going to be some negative sides to this. If I end up making a million dollars a year, I have to be prepared for all the baggage that comes with that. Yeah. And we're not going to get into that today. There's a lot of baggage that comes with that or, or whatever, right? That you have to be prepared or once you're prepared, you have to absolutely solidify that this is part of who you are. Exactly. You know, it's funny. I was just about to say, you referenced earlier in the show that, and we were kind of joking about how envy is one of the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing about the seven deadly sins is they're all, they're all human nature emotions. They're things that everybody is naturally going to feel. Very natural. So yep. you can't stop yourself. It's in our nature. From being envious. No mm-hmm. more than you can stop yourself from being lustful or, or you know, gluttonous occasionally or, or, or whatever other sin you want to name. So the question isn't, don't be envious. The question is, what do we do when we start to feel that way? Yep. And, and manage it well. Yes. Um, it, it's like anything else that we feel compelled to go and do. I, I've personally witnessed myself get too compelled to go do something, exercise, running, right? There's this investment that you take, time, work. I'm, I'm, I knew I was going to bring up this book today. And the other thing I knew was I was going to forget the title of it. It's called Divine Direction. Mm-hmm. I just started this book. And it's such an amazing book so far because the story he tells in there, and this goes back to sacrificing things and in, in making really poor decisions because our goals aren't centered around something that's really meant for us. They're more centered around what we see in other people and want for mm-hmm. ourselves is the story the author told was he knew he became a workaholic when he told his daughter, I, I will be home from work or I'll be home. Just, I'll be at home in time to kiss you before you go to bed and she said, but daddy, this isn't your home. Your office is your home. Oh. <laughs> oh, right? Why was he working so hard? Why was he a workaholic? It was rooted in envy. Mm-hmm. It was because he felt like he needed all these things 
based on what he saw from other people, the life that society tells us we should have. And things are way more accessible now. So these are all wake-up calls that we have to... I'm big on inventorying your life. I, I do that once a year, and I usually at the beginning of the year in the goal-setting phase of what do I have and what do I really want, but what what do I really need that's a part of my journey? Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, I don't... I want more money. Who doesn't? Sure, I do. I don't want more children. <laughs> so that's... that. You know, that these are things... But I have seen women want more children because their friends have one more kid than they do. Mm-hmm. And they see their kids having more fun with each other because there's an extra kid. But I'm sorry, if you've got any kids, you know, <laughs> there's so much baggage with having more children. Yeah, It's not all the fun. It's okay. Now that you've got five kids, how are you going to do that? That's right. I mean, we just don't think people are so compelled by these emotions of envy. We don't really rationally try to think through these things. We don't. And the whole keeping up with the Joneses thing. I mean, you know, you see, you see, you know, maybe you live in a neighborhood where you see the clothes that your neighbors are wearing. You see the cars that they're driving. You see the clothes that their kids are wearing. I mean, Mm -hmm. there are people that project it onto their children all the time. They see, they see friends of theirs whose kids are athletic stars or who are extremely well dressed all the time or what have you. And, and I mean, people project envy onto their kids. Very much so. And that's not healthy either. One of the things that I just thought about, James, was the fact that the more ingratitude that you have in your life or lack of gratitude you have for the life, for your for things in your life, you probably are experiencing envy. Probably so. And it goes back to the whole deserve thing. Mm-hmm. I deserve this. I deserve that. If you're going through life mm. telling yourself that you deserve all these things, chances are you you don't have any gratitude. Yeah, if you are if you're even for fun. Even for fun, if you're looking at things on the internet, houses, cars, things that you don't have, even for fun, and you even say, well, I just, I just look for fun, you're envious. You are. Why, why, would you, um, why would you spend any time on earth looking at things if you didn't somewhat want it? And this is a complicated subject, but... Why aren't you spending that time really appreciating and being thankful for what you have instead? Even, that, even in prayer. Yes. Even in prayer. And and the other thing that people rarely do is people are so quick to look at what they want, what they are envious of. It's rare that they look at how much, I don't know how to say it, how much worse it could be. You know, I'll tell you, I, mm. I, I, um, and I've said this on the show before about other subjects, you know, working uh, working for the fire department and some of the houses and the family situations and, and things that, that I see wow, on a daily the basis. There. I mean, Jeez. I tell you what, you you want to you want to feel good about your life. You come you out know, and kiss your come, kids, come don't do, you? Yeah, come do I a bet r- Catherine's got a kiss because of something you saw during that day. A- absolutely. Don't think too hard about that, absolutely. Catherine. Just and think it was all natural. And I, I don't and I don't share most of it with her. But the but the fact is, if if that is a great check on yourself to think about. I mean, most of our listeners have, you have so much more than people would, there are people who are envious of you. Whoever you are and wherever you think you are in life, Mm -hmm. I can almost assure you that there are people out there who are are envious of what you have. But we don't think about it that way. 
And I wonder what drives some of these folks that I've seen do it. And I'm very appreciative of what they do, the courage they have. And it's, it's, it's every time I've noticed it, it's been a woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've never, I've never seen a guy do this, but a woman get on Facebook live, no makeup, crying, confessing to something really uh, uncomfortable going on in their life. Mm-hmm. And almost like there's a guilt because they know that they have put so much out there that makes them look perfect mm-hmm. that they wanted the rest of the world to see what the other side looks like. I think we have a responsibility to, if we're going to put the good things out there about ourselves, I think we have a responsibility of showing people who the real us is. I mean, think how cleansing that is. It is, but there are very few people willing to do no, that. I, I, I don't know if I'm willing to do that. I, I don't think I am. I don't think I am. I we're mean, macho though. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we're macho guys. We can't do things like that. But I'd say, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to bring people down though, JJ. I don't want to, I, I don't, I don't want to put things out there in the, there's so much negativity. You. There's so much negativity in the world already. I, I don't want to put my own negativity out there. I mean, the, the other thing about, about Facebook and social media, I mean, yes, it can give us a lot of false perceptions and it can create a lot of envy. It also can make us sort of Feel good sometimes. I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday who's going through a lot of things. And uh, she's actually in the industry of helping people get through things. Mm. And she didn't feel credible because of what she was going through. And I told her, I said, the only reason uh, we have the right to help other people is because we are going through it too. I'm leery of people that are giving me advice that have never been through it. And that's what the show is about. I, we go through these topics and these struggles on our journey to where we want to be, which is to be better for other people in this world. You, yep. can, you can catch the show every week, Facebook Live at uh, facebook.com slash show. Apple Podcasts, we're live on 97.7 FM in Richmond every Thursday morning from 9 to 10 Eastern. Brother, it's good to have you back in the studio. It's good to be here. Are you, you're no longer envious. You're back. I'm not. I'm here. I, there's nowhere I'd rather be. And right you'll now. be here next week. Right? I will be here next week. And if you don't make the show, folks, you should be really jealous because someone <laughs> else will. Thank That's you right. for joining us and for being a part of this journey. And thanks for having us a part of your journey. You're listening to The Great People Show. We'll see you next week. I want something just like this. Thanks for joining us. Tune in to The Great People Show again next week, Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Some superhero, some fairy tale place, just something I-